Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You found the Playmakers on CBS Sports Radio 1140. Paul and Lindsay, Playmakers here on CBS Sports Radio 1140. The NHL is underway with the postseason, so to speak, in two bubble towns of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. And that's where we find our friend north of the border, our TSN 1260 host in Edmonton, Dave Jamison. Dave, thanks for coming back, man. Uh, thanks for having me. Dave, uh, what was one thing, or is there one thing that has uh, surprised you about uh, the bubble operation in Edmonton? I, well, I guess I'm amazed that it's actually happening, and not that has nothing to do with the city of Edmonton and the province of Alberta. I think the, the COVID story, if you want to call it that, has been really good. It's frankly why it's in Edmonton when there were places like Las Vegas, like other you know other U.S. markets that uh, may have had initially more appeal. But Edmonton has done a, and it, it's got a, a, a it's almost like a bubble setting already in terms of the hotel and the arena. And so the, the, the area can be very tightly confined. And so I, I think the fact that it's actually up and running, it's a thing. Um, it looks great on television. I, I mean, I call it, this is a TV show called Hockey. And that's what it is. It's a, it's like a studio where with ice in the middle and the best players in the world are getting together to play hockey for obviously at the end of all of this is Stanley Cup. But I think it's a, it's a, it looks great. Uh, and and the, the absence of fans, you know, frankly, I got about one period in, probably not even that. And I went, you know what, I don't really miss the fans. Yeah, it'd be great to have that sort of organic excitement and stuff. But you know what, the hockey in, in, in some cases has been fantastic. Dave, I kind of have to agree with you here because I think in terms of the the gameplay itself and especially the the camera angles that we use for hockey, like the the no fans and everything, it hasn't been a huge distraction for me. But the one thing that has kind of creeped me out is that delay that they've been using uh, to to clean up all the naughty words that are clearly being said on the ice. But it sounds like we're in some sort of horror movie or something. Is that something that you've noticed as well? Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, hockey, and if you've ever been close to the ice and if you've ever actually been to you know, close to a field, a football field. And, and um, I mean, I, I like my 
sports with a bit of grit to it. It feels a little too sanitized, but I understand that many in the audience um, might not feel as comfortable as I do with some of the language that's being used out there. Yeah, but listen, I, I'm willing to, I'm not typically this forgiving, but I am right now when it comes to the way that hockey looks and frankly, the way it's played. Like I was always of the opinion, I mean, Give me, just give me the game back. I don't worry about the quality of the play because you've got the best players on the planet coming together. They'll do something interesting for you. I was intrigued by what was going to be happening around it. And frankly, I think that it looks as good and in some cases better than the other presentations I've seen of sports in this COVID uh, era, if you want to call it that. TSN Sports' Dave Jamison joining us uh, north of the border talking about the bubble that has been created in Edmonton for the Western Conference. The Vegas Golden Knights part of that, the Edmonton Oilers as well, as well as a number of the top Western Conference teams. How has Edmonton, the city, embraced having the bubble? Is there excitement and talk about hockey around the town? Or is it kind of like, hey, there's hockey being played here, but we don't get to see it unless it's being given to us on the television? Well, I, I think I, I, I think the the latter there. It's it's almost like um, all of these great hockey players and teams are in Edmonton. Edmonton is a hockey city. I mean, there's no denying it is the top sport. Um, you know, by some uh, some distance from anything else that might be going on. So the fact that it's August now and there's great hockey being played in Edmonton. It's very cool. And I think now I haven't been out to a bar to watch a game and to see what it's like out, you know, out there and have people, you know, six feet apart and staring up at a flat screen and whether they get excited or not. It's still kind of a solitary experience for me at this point. But the fact that, you know, I think people go down and we're hoping to catch a glimpse of, you know, a player X, you know, um, playing, you know, a game of horse with his teammates is a little basketball court that people can actually sort of see. They can peer through a fence and see hockey players, you know, chilling out or doing whatever they do. Um, but I think largely people understand, like, it's a no-fly zone. So don't hang around hoping to get, you know, a Mark Stone autograph or, you know, something. Like, that's not what this is about. This is a, a hockey tournament without fans that's being played, and Edmonton is, you know, the beneficiary of that. And in terms of, you know, whatever financial uh, or economic impact it's going to have, but I think largely people have stayed away. You're going to get some, you know, drive-by, looky-lose kind of thing. And oh, look, let's see if we can catch a glimpse of the, you know, wh- whichever team, the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, but I think, you know, Edmonton. It's not a big place, but you got to act like you've been there before. So I think for the most part, we're pretty cool. Now, Dave, uh, let's talk to the actual hockey. Now, that Edmonton-Chicago series, another low-scoring affair last night. Uh, your Oilers uh, defeating them 6-3. to three. Uh, Someone named Connor McDavid had a couple impressive goals. But can you walk me through uh, the goal that everyone is really talking about in the community, whether you're a casual fan or a diehard like you and I are? That second goal that we saw from him was really special last night. Can you kind of walk through what that was and, and how exactly Connor does what Connor does? Well, uh, that would be exhibit, I don't know what number we're at now of the, and I, I use this term maybe too often for some people, but the greatest player, and this is no disrespect to Sidney Crosby and, you know, Nathan McKinnon and the, the very, you know, long list of young stars and not so young stars in the NHL. But what Connor McDavid does there is, is, uh, separates from, you know, uh, his opponent in a way that I don't think anybody, 
um, is doing and probably has not done to this degree in, in the National Hockey League. And so, you know, the move he makes in close, he does stuff in close. You think, oh, he's, he's in too tight on the goaltender. And the hands, actually, and you hear this sometimes, you know, a player's mind, uh, you know, the hands can't keep up with the mind. They're thinking the right thing, but they can't actually execute. Well, what he thinks, he can do. So, you know, that play, I don't want to be ho-hum about it. I mean, it's still jaw-dropping, but we've seen that. You know, and, and when Connor McDavid was early in his career, I was on, on my show and I said, I hope we don't take this for granted. You know, this is a town that's had Wayne Gretzky, right? So there is a sort of a, you know, the bar was set pretty high. But the stuff we're seeing now done at warp speed by McDavid is, you, you just hope that it doesn't become so commonplace that people go, yeah, did you see that goal? Yeah, sure, whatever. You know, um, it, it, but you're absolutely right. Like, it was it was one of those... Good God, I can't believe I just saw that. Well, stick around because the next game they play, he might do something as good or better. Right. Uh, and three goals in that game last night yeah. against the, the Chicago Blackhawks. And it's it's an interesting series between those two teams. It's always kind of a, a high-scoring affair. And I think it's just because there's so much skill, especially on that Chicago lineup that has been you know mm-hmm. written off in a, in a lot of different ways. But in terms of the goaltending position for the Edmonton Oilers, that's something we discussed when we had you on the first time. And they put mm-hmm. Mike Smith in that net uh, uh, to start that game uh, earlier. And Koskinen yep. was in last night and, and got the win. So was it a mistake not to go to Koskinen in that game one. Wow. God, you guys in Vegas do second guessing like we do too, eh? Um, (laughs) Was it a mistake? Was it a mistake? Um, You know, hindsight being perfect, right? Uh, Yeah, you might. But you know what? I, going into the series, I thought the tippet would stop or would start Mike Smith for a the history of Mike Smith and with Tippett and the fact that there is a level of assurance there and the experience. I mean, Nico Koskinen has not been an NHL goaltender for very long. I mean, he's still early in his career. I mean, he was with the Islanders very, very briefly, went over to the KHL, returns, and you know now he's a bona fide NHLer. So the fact that I was surprised. And, and not all of the goals were you could lay at the feet of Mike Smith, but the, the Oilers looked, um, they, they, they lacked a certain focus. They lacked energy. Some of their best players were not their best players, certainly on the fence. Um, and so, you know, they're, the, the Oilers are still, even with McDavid and Dreisaitl and some of the other pieces, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, they are still... Uh, and they've got a young and I think a really promising back end in terms of their their defense, but it's still not what I would call an elite group yet. So if they're not at their best, I mean, Chicago can still hurt you. Are they the best team in this tournament? No. Should they be here? I'll let somebody else argue that. They're here. And if you've got Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze and, you know, all of the, um, you know, Kirby Doc and, and Kubelik, you're going to win games. Maybe some don't deserve, and I think the Oilers got slapped around, and if they had any misgivings about, you know, that this is not going to be easy. I thought Oilers in four going into this, it may in fact be Oilers in four. Um, You know, now they put themselves back on an even footing, and so if they want to, you know, they can accelerate and get by Chicago, but it's not going to be a waltz. Not every game is going to play out like the last one.
Dave Jamison from TSN Sports in Edmonton joining us here on the Playmakers. Paul and Lindsay and Dave, you mentioned all those names on the Chicago team, and they shouldn't have caught shouldn't have caught anybody by surprise. Like Vegas Golden Knights fans, there have to be expectations for the Oilers rolling into this tournament. Is there? Is it? Is it pretty? Is it pretty much? And I don't want to discount the fact that they can't you know win the Stanley Cup because anybody on any given day can. And EA as, Sports said they were going to win. Right, and as we can, as we, yeah, it's true. And in the simulations, as we, you know, as we kind of move into that next round, and the seeding kind of gets worked out with the round. Robin and teams sure. move forward and assuming Edmonton moves out as you look at the fan base and talk to the fan base like here in Vegas is the expectation listen Stanley Cup or bust and anything less will just be a disappointment well we, we like to think of ourselves as a really hockey smart town right so what we do and uh, Green Bay however, Packers all, yeah yeah it's it, so but that gets thrown out the window, right? So you get a little success, and then you start sort of, you know, believing in yourself and, and the team, rather, um, and maybe more than is actually realistic. Do I think the Oilers can win the Stanley Cup? Well, again, if you have McDavid and Dreisaitl, I would suggest you've got a leg up on most other teams. But, you know, hockey is not an individual sport in, in so much as it's like the NBA, where the, the best star can actually carry an entire team. Um, the Oilers will struggle with depth on their third and fourth line. They've got to get scoring throughout, you know, throughout the lineup. It can't just be two or three handling that. Um, so, you know, I think there will be profound, put it to you this way, if they were to lose to the Hawks and be bounced in the first round, there would be profound, profound disappointment. If they are to go to the Western Conference final and lose against, the, you know, whoever that team may be, um, I think there would be on a level, there would be, Disappointment, but understanding that this is a team that's on, it's it part of an evolution here. They're close, but not quite there. And I think people could rationalize it and go, okay, well, whenever, you know, hockey returns, if it's going to be November and they start the new year, okay, this is a, a team that's got a leg up. They've learned by losing. They've learned by winning and advancing as far as they have. But, you know, I think if that were to be the scenario, but if they were to lose to Chicago, and trust me, people were pushing the panic button after that first game. Then it would be, you know, be God. It, it wouldn't be a, well. It'd be great sports talk radio. It wouldn't be a lot of fun to be around some of those fans. Absolutely, Dave. And speaking of expectations and aspirations, that Boston Bruins team has gone zero and two out of the oh. gates. And I know it's it's only two games, but they have uh, lost four to one in both of those uh, to the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Philadelphia Flyers. Are you mm-hmm. worried about the Boston Bruins? Because I think the Boston Bruins might be a little worried about themselves at this point, and I can't really blame them. They should be. They should be worried. And I am, um, I mean, the Boston Bruins, you know, what is it, things you can count on in life, death and taxes. Um, the Bruins are a, a, kind of one of those hockey things. You go, well, they're always good, aren't they? This feel, and I, I you know, like listen, they're, they're deep, they're well coached, they're tough where they have to be, they're skilled where they need to be and all that. Oh, they've got all the boxes checked. I just don't know what's happened here. And this is... You know, one of the, 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 the fears of you're going to lose a top-seeded team. But, I mean, go ask the Tampa Bay Lightning how last year went. You know, they, they were home and dry before. I mean, there was teams still, you know, scrambling to get in the playoffs, and the Lightning were like, really, can we start now? I mean, and they were gone very quickly. So, again, it's – it's and certainly these best-of-five series, they got a lot of people really worried, and I'm, I'm just puzzled because Boston's a whole lot better than this.
Absolutely. And I think I think we all kind of knew that this was going to be such a psych uh, type of challenge for these players with the no fans being isolated, taking all this time mm-hmm. off and trying to come back together. And Boston is struggling. But a team that I think was really close to the edge of, of not so much glory was the it was the Toronto Maple Leafs. And they were able to edge out yeah. the Columbus Blue Jackets just earlier this afternoon. Uh, hopefully Jake mm-hmm. Muzzin is OK, but it. It was a while where I went up to Paul. I said, they still haven't scored a goal yet. And and I know how much pressure is on that team, especially with the talent and, and yeah. where the that, where the hub city is and everything. Uh, did they save their season today? And how much confidence do you take from that game, beating Columbus Blue Jackets at their own game in a low-scoring affair with good defense? Well, that has been the knock on this version of the Toronto Maple Leafs, which is very skilled. Every, that's evident to everybody that anybody that watches that team. But can they play playoff hockey? And they have, you know, in the short time that Marner and Matthews and, and that rest of that young group have been there and have been the core, um, they they have tantalized. They've come close. And, you know, you just referred to it, Lindsay, the, the, the pressure of being in Toronto. And, you know, for listeners in, in your market and, and elsewhere, the I'm trying to think of the equivalent. It would be like the New York Yankees, right? And teams in other sports in in the U.S. where it's not just good enough to be good. And the Leafs haven't been, and they haven't won a Stanley Cup since 1967. So there's been a lot. But because of who they are and their place in hockey history, the city, the biggest in the country, and the media, I mean, all of the media, you know, head offices, I mean, it's it's the, the, the glare of the spotlight is so intense. So whatever the Toronto Maple Leafs do will always feel like something of a letdown. And if they did not get their act together and win the game, um, it would be a really painful place to be because they've, they've, they flirt with greatness and they've yet to punch through. And, of course, they made a coaching change with Mike Babcock out and Shelton Keith in. And so, you, you know, if you were a fan of that team, you think, okay, is this going to be the final catalyst where they can really punch into the elite in the NHL and stay there for a while and actually win a Stanley Cup, not just talk about winning one? Especially if they are able to make a deep run in the playoffs, those six to five scores are going to be few and far between. You're looking oh, yeah. more at that two to one, three to two type of games, and and mm-hmm. I, I feel like the, the I wasn't expecting a ton from the goaltending. I figured there was going to be definitely some sloppy play, but I've actually been very impressed. I wanted to ask you who has been the most impressive netminder uh, for you so far in the limited time that we've been able to see everyone play. Well, I mean, yes, I think Toronto um, has has. You know, I, I was surprisingly so. Um, I, you know, I think some goalies have had, you know, moments and periods and chunks of games where you go, "Wow!" Like they're they're really on it. Um, you know, again, because of the importance of goaltending at any time, but certainly in these in these you know best of fives, um, the the focus is is tenfold on on their ability. Like I thought, Koskinen did some really good stuff for the Oilers in 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 game number two. Crawford looked good in, in game number one. You know, there was a guy that missed virtually all of the, the training camp, right, because he was COVID-19 positive. So he came back and had that sort of veteran, you know, assurance. And I think the Blackhawks fed off of that. Um, elsewhere, I mean, Connor Hellebuck is a fantastic goaltender, as you would expect, being a Vezina nominee. So, you know, I think he's had some moments in there. The hockey has been, you know, and again, you talk about the goaltenders, the hockey in front of those goaltenders has been loose at times, and other times it looks like it's playoff ready. 
And other times you go, God, this looks like preseason game number four in a traditional year. So it's kind of hard for me to go, okay, that guy's totally on his game and that guy over there, you know, isn't. I've seen bits of all of it from virtually every goalie I've seen so far. Dave Jameson, TSN 1260 in Edmonton, talking a little bubble hockey with us. Dave, before we let you go, Lindsay and I have had this conversation back and forth throughout the entire season. The uh, the Wild and the, the Canucks going at it tonight, where the Canucks, we kind of felt that maybe they have a they have an official out. If they ever lose early in this or they make a late run, it's either they don't know any better because they haven't been there in a while or sure. they lose because they haven't been there in a while. And it felt like the Canucks were just a season too soon, but – you know, we expanded the we expanded the field, and all of a sudden they find themselves yeah. in it. I, I think I think you're right there. The, the Canucks um, ascension, if you will, feels to me like it's. And I'm not blaming anybody. It speaks to the quality of the players that they've got there. That young, you know, Patterson, Hughes, and, and and but and and Markstrom and Goal is that they're like a year early. Like we should be seeing, you know, th- this kind of stuff, you know, uh, uh, a year down the road. However, all of that said, you know, Vancouver's had a, and as a guy who lived there for 31 years, I know that franchise well, know the history of it, and know the suffering, um, punctuated by some very good seasons and some unsuccessful trips to Stanley Cup finals. But the Vancouver Canucks have been, you know, they're sort of, uh, you know, um, a little bit snake bit, I suppose. Uh, they've had some misfortune, but name a team in sports that has and had some misfortune. So, you know, the Vancouver Canucks um, are, are, if I were a fan, I would be very bullish on their future. I don't know what the here and now, if, you know, if they, as you say, if, they, if they, they bow out, then you go, well, we probably weren't supposed to be there anyhow. And listen, we've got a really bright future. Let's, you know, get reset for when the NHL returns in November, I guess. I'm trying to keep the date straight in my mind. And I, I think the, the the Canucks, though they've been a they've been a really intriguing story. I thought they were going to go right into the ditch for a number of years, but they've actually, you know, with some good drafting and 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 some I think fairly astute moves, they've been able to not go off the rails and have actually sort of sped up their you know their rebirth, if you want to call it that. They've had a life jacket on for a couple of years. That's for darn yeah, sure. Yeah, they have been. Yeah, they've been <laughs> treading water for a bit, but I think now they can you know they can probably you know ditch the water wings and start swimming. All they got to do is bring Markstrom back next year on that long-term contract, and they're set to go, Dave. Yes. TSN Sports' Dave Jamison uh, from the bubble in Edmonton. Dave, we appreciate the check-in with us, and uh, hopefully we get to talk a little bit further down the road where we have uh, both our teams uh, advancing a little bit deeper into this, uh, this hockey on television. Guys, thank you. I always appreciate coming on with you. Thanks. Thanks, right. Dave. Dave Jameson for TSN Sports, TSN 1260 in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. I was going to ask him if he was the new millionaire there. The Community Foundation, they did a 50-50 raffle. Like they oh, do. very familiar with those. They set a world record last night during really? the Blackhawks-Edmonton game. Somebody won $1.6 million in a 50-50 drawing last night. I could really 50, use that right now. 50 drawing. Yeah, so that means there was at least $2 million in the entire drawing. Look at this math. Look at this knowledge. Look, yeah. we're so much smarter after we talked to Dave. I'm so glad he was here. Yeah. Uh, the the $1.6 million larger than the annual salary of six players who played in the game last night. 
<laughs> Sometimes we all catch a shooting star, oh, right? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. The world new world record for 50-50 sports raffles. Everybody's feeling extra charitable after seeing that Connor McDavid hat, hat trick last Apparently, night. Apparently, everybody wanted to be. Yeah, so mm. 1.6 million in a 50-50 drawing. God, that's, that's could nuts. use that. Uh, coming up next, 2020 means Kobe's legacy lives on even further. We'll explain how some of the athletes and some of the sports are honoring Kobe as we restart. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 